0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 6 of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Today I was lucky enough to sit down with Ed Wisher of the Human Happiness Project where we spoke about all things happiness, the current state of happiness in society and how we can all improve and be better to hopefully leave a bigger impact and and live happier, healthier lives. So this was a lot of fun, so enjoy. Enjoy. Guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is week six, and I'm sitting here with Ed Wisher of the Human Happiness Project. Welcome, mate.
1: Thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
0: So, we'll get stuck in straight with the project. Tell me a little bit more about it.
1: So, um, started about six months ago, basic thing is it's a social investigation, is what I've come to call it, of the state of happiness across society. The way I look into that is by interviewing individuals about their sort of path to happiness, and I guess through darker times in their sort of history, and how they've what they've learned about happiness in their life, and then sort of get their views of how things are across society. So. Beautiful. Shit, yeah.
0: you, you would have met a few interesting people and heard a few interesting yeah, stories, yeah. i imagine. Yeah, it's been really
1: interesting. Um, I've really found people open up when you actually give them the chance to, yep. which I think is a bit of a rarity now. Everyone's pretty keen to share their opinion rather than hear, hear, hear anyone else's. So yep. um, it's been really cool. Uh, I have to say the best thing has been people that I've thought I've been quite intimate with um, have revealed a lot about them that I didn't know. Yep. Again, just given the forum to speak in a non in a non-judgmental form, given the chance to speak about their experiences, which has been really cool. And it's taught me a lot about myself as well at the same time. So
0: Yeah, awesome. It's really cool. You've actually been able to learn about yourself as well. as Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I find every week when I'm typing up the interviews and stuff like that, it's this massive self-reflection tool. Like I'm always typing them up and then they'll say some line and then I go, oh, Jesus, I was doing that this week. Whereas like, oh, yep. I fall into this trap with my happiness sort of thing. So it's, it's good. It's grounded me a lot, which has been really cool.
0: What's been your main... I guess, learning point or takeaway from it
1: so far? Um, I guess the biggest thing is I've listening to everybody, the mistakes that they make, what they think they make is a mistake towards achieving their own happiness. I make a lot of them. Yep. Um, so obviously, they're only aware of their own sort of mistakes, whereas I've, I get to look at this whole pool of people that I've look interviewed, which is about 100 people at this point. Excellent. Um, so when I... When I can look at all that, and I do quite often, if I'm in a shit, shit way, I kind of look back and reflect upon the interviews and stuff like that, and they do give me a lot of scope towards how things are going. Yeah. Um, but just the mistakes people make, which is probably the biggest one, is expectations, but I don't think that would be a surprise to anyone. But, yep. yeah. yeah. Probably when you get
0: 100 people and sit there and talk to them and everyone yeah, puts it on a paper yeah. and you go, well, everyone's got the same issues. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's been interesting. It's been really, really interesting. So
0: Why did you start it? What was the the motivation? What was the reason for
1: it uh, it was because I was in a bad spot personally I'd um I had a sort of a I'd honestly say the worst week of my life in it was I think September last year Yeah. um I the relationship that I wasn't ready to exit had ended um which happens like it wasn't a negative thing it just happened huh. um I was told because I was in Europe at the time I was told by the time I get back my um grandma wouldn't be alive Far who right. basically raised me more or less um, so he was always a part of my life, which is a bit. So that happened the day after I the relationship broke up, and then two days after that, I found out that um, there's been there was some real family trouble. Like, as in, the family was about to split up, which ended up not happening. But either way, I just had these series. Of, it was a space of four days, probably the three worst bits of news I've ever gotten in my life, as I say it now. Yeah, all, um, at once. all happened, and I went from a sort of period of just ecstatic happiness, always happy, always up and about. Like I'd always found to find something positive to be around. And then I went into this slump where I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, geez, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'd, uh, for me, when I sort of looked at it objectively, I didn't really have that much to worry about. I exited a relationship in a healthy way. We still yep. talk and we're still friends. Good. Um, grandma had a really good life and we sort of knew this was coming, so sort of thing. The family one's crap, but worse things have happened to better people. Um, so And I was in Europe. It was in the middle of summer. You know, my friends were working. I was ticking all the boxes, or most of the boxes, so I should have still been happy. But then I came crashing down. Um, and I sort of, I came back home and then I was just like really lost and I just thought, I'm just going to reach out to people. And I was more and ever, because I'm not, obviously, as most men are, I wasn't great at reaching, sort of opening yep. up and be like, I'm doing really badly. So I sort of like dodging on the subject, asking my friends. The key question is, what is happiness to you? And I asked a lot of my friends. And um, I sort of came to the point where nobody could really answer it off the top of their head. Yeah. And then you're sitting there, and we're in this sort of society through social media and stuff like that, where happiness is everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Media advertising. It's just you can't get away from it. Yeah. And then course. you sit down and ask someone about it, and they barely know about it themselves. You
0: can't actually explain and put it put pen, pen yeah, paper so and put words down.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I was I found that really weird. <laughs> Even the happiest people I knew were just like they had to sit sit down and think about it for five minutes or so, and I was I just found that really odd. Um. And then I sort of started thinking maybe there's a connection correlation between that and these extreme mental health rates that we sort of experience, um, yep. especially the younger generations. Um, and I was just sort of started talking about people and I was going to do a coffee table book sort of thing. And I thought before I dump all my time and money into that, I'm going to put it on social media and then it's just kind of gone from there. See it's what been happens. fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. How, I
0: guess, how much did it impact you having everything hit you at once rather than kind of one of those things at a time when when one bad thing happens most of us can deal with it yeah. fairly well we enlist our support networks and all the people around us but when all of those things happen at once and they're happening to a lot of and with a lot of your support networks yeah. how did you deal with it and how did it affect you
1: uh, it was pretty rough I can still remember it um, I'm gonna, to be honest I had some pretty dark thoughts at that point um, yep. which haven't been uncommon in my past because funnily enough I don't actually tip it. I wasn't a happy person for most of my life Yeah. Um, so that was the base, that was the basis why it was, like you just said, literally all my support groups had gone, like, um, I had my friends, but I was in Europe, so, but, you know, the girlfriend was gone, my grandma, who I quite often call up and talk to her about problems, so if it was the mum and dad thing, I would have gone back to grandma to talk to her about that, and I found out she's in ICU, so, it's, but I was basically just like, that was the first point in my life where something so bad had happened that I've just gone, like, holy shit, I'm alone here. Yep. Um, cause I was, I, the people I was traveling with, I know for two days, I'm not going to drop that on them sort of thing, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's that wouldn't enough. be fun for anyone. Yeah. Um, I just, if, how I dealt with it was, I actually became really destructive, um, drinking a lot, just typical sort of mm. Guy lashing stuff. out sort of stuff. Yeah. Guy reactions. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, like, um, just being aggressive and not obviously not in a constructive way, cause you can be aggressive in a constructive way. Just being really negative about it. Just like, I don't give it, I don't care if I'm, you know, I get pissed drunk and I end up in the other side of Portugal. And I don't know where I am. and I don't have any money. Sort of thing. it was just like, whatever happens, happens. Um, and just, yeah. And then I was thinking about chucking money on my credit card and just traveling for as long as I can sort of thing. Just literally running away from the problems. Um, but then I sort of calmed down a little bit after a couple of weeks and sort of started working through those issues which good. is something I've gotten better at but that was um, yeah it was, it was hard to deal with obviously um, but just you know because I've always been someone who's been with the people I'm intimate with very good at talking to them about those sorts of issues um, especially my family that's probably why I was so hard because I was at the point where I didn't want to burden them with what I was going through because they I were dealing through with my stuff, own thing because yeah. the rest of my family was at home um, so I wanted to talk to them about my girlfriend and grandma, but then I knew everything that was happening about that at home. So I was just like, I was just sort of sitting there just, and this, you know, there's just all this stuff rumbling around inside. I just didn't know what to do, you know? And I felt like I still had to pretend to be happy and stuff like that to the people I didn't know, yeah. um, which probably, which I hate doing. I just hate that sort of false sense of, I guess, being. And I think it's everywhere. I hate people that pretend to be happy when they're not. Yeah. I don't hate them. I hate the fact that they feel the need to do it. Yeah. Because I and think it does. Do yeah. talk and... Yeah, it does you a major disservice, and it has never fixed a problem pretending to be happy. You know, obviously, if you're just having a bad day, and you're grumpy. Being happy <laughs> that happens. Yeah, yeah, but if you're like seriously battling depression, you can continue to be happy all the time, or try to be, in a it false just, sense. Then it, I don't think it helps anyone. So yeah, it just adds to the problem, I guess. Yeah, exactly. What exactly. was what was the turning point between
0: moving from being, I guess, destructive in different ways to being constructive and starting to move forward with everything?
1: I knew I knew the things that made me happy, <coughs> which is weightlifting. Uh, my friends, um, even work to some degree. Even though I didn't want to do them at the time, I made myself do them. Because yep. I know more or less a busy brain or a constructive brain is generally conducive to happiness. Um. So I just made myself do that. Like I as I would say, I was depressed. Um. But. I just got in the weight room and I did it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't smashing out PRs every day, but I was just in there. you were just doing, doing, yeah. I was just doing something. <clears throat> I just kept myself busy. You yep. know, I like I love reading, so I just read even though I didn't feel like it. Um, and then, probably when the projects evolved, which was November last year, so that was about three weeks after I got back. Um, that's where it sort of really took a turn for me. That was a big one, just because it was for the reflection that it gave. Because yep. um, I did do a couple of interviews that nobody's seen because they were quite. Truth be told, they're quite dark, and people talking about honest suicidal thoughts that they battle with every day. And then, yep. you know, that was a big, like, whoa, okay, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, and people talking about drug abuse and alcohol and all that sort of thing. And they'll, they'll never be released because they asked me not to. Yeah. Um, and that's a principle I work off. It's their cool. story. So, yeah, of course. It's not my right to share it if they don't want to. Um, so, that was that was a big one. Um, sort of just, yeah, again, just grounding me, just making me think, like, you know, yes, shit happens. And it was a hard time for me, but you know, I'm still I'm still young, I'm still fit. I've still got I do have a support network, whether I want to reach out to them or not. Yeah. Um. I've got a job like It's it's about taking stock of what you do have. Like I could look at it and go, well, well my grandma's not going to be here for much longer. You know, the family, the family unit isn't the way it used to be, and so you can think about everything you've lost, or you can think about the things that you have gained. Like in retrospect, and you know, just being able to reflect on all that sort of stuff. That's what helped me. And again, just Good. keeping busy. You know, like, you know, if you do, I think there is some validity in saying, you know, this is what I was doing when I was happy. Even though I don't feel like doing it, I should do it anyway. Yeah. And it will slowly get yourself back into that sort of yep. groove. Yep. Yeah. One, one of the little quotes that we're using here is action drives motivation.
0: And yep. you don't necessarily have to want to do something at that time, but if you know that it's going to help, or yeah. you think that it should help, and you know that it's going to move you towards that yeah. that place, that usually will get you up and about eventually. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So how how important for you was it was talking to other people about their happiness in terms of helping you
1: with yours? Oh, it was it was a godsend. Um, not that I'm religious, but um, it was. It's I reckon it saved me for lack of a better term, just because I'm not someone. And this is the, again, the premise that the project works off. I'm not someone that will want to be told this is how you get happy. Yeah. So if you'd come to me and gone, Ed, you need to start lifting weights again. <laughs> it's going to yeah. make you happy. I'm actually the kind of guy that's going to go like, well, fuck Lockie. I'm going to go not lift yeah. weights. I because, don't want to have anything to do with weights. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I, I would rather have passive information that, rather than active information, if that makes sense. Um, I'd rather like the project is have an objective point of view where I'm not being this information isn't being forced down my throat you know you're just asking questions
0: yeah yeah
1: and that's why um, you know so that that for me I guess I'm I'm my own biggest follower because that's what I do every single time um, and reflect upon it so I think that's that's the biggest thing that I got out of the interviews 100% 100% the
0: first question you ask everyone Mm. in terms of what is happiness yeah What's your definition of happiness?
1: Uh, Self-development. And I think that could be multifaceted. So obviously I love my gym. um, Yep. So that's always good. But that's more a health point of view. But then then again, health can be mental health. Of course. uh, Physical health. um, Health in your relationships. So for me, there's four major pillars of my self-development. Intellectual, spiritual, physical and mental which is the general rule of thumb of <coughs> health in general. But yep. so my physical, I don't, I don't want to be, I love my Olympic weightlifting. I'm not expecting to go to the Olympics, but I have my goals and I want to reach and, you yep. know, I want to put on maybe half a kilo on the bar every week if I can. Awesome. Um, spiritual, that's more to do with, uh, practicing mindfulness. Cause that's something I've never been good at. I've always been like always busy in my brain and really hard to sit down sort of thing, you know, going to bed million miles an hour, just, <laughs> just going sort of thing. Yep. Um, doing that practicing. sounds familiar yeah yeah you yeah. know <laughs> a little while ago like i'm,
0: I'm, I'm getting a lot better at yeah. it but that's definitely something i've struggled with
1: yeah um so in the mental health side of things it's again, okay, that ties into the mindfulness a fair bit just to do with realizing the negative thought patterns you can fall into and then stopping them like uh, literally yesterday at work i was just thinking oh you know shit there's another customer coming and then i'm just going then you can either look at the fact that you have to stay at work for another hour yeah where well, you can just look at the fact that it's an extra hour's pay, and then I sort of made that choice. And it sounds a little bit like <clears> la-di-da, blah, blah blah but I literally just looked up at the sky and I was watching the clouds <laughs> go by. And, you know, I think that's why nature sort of, uh, it's so conducive to happiness. You always course, see people yeah. that are really like, you know, mate, when you're out on a hike, and I think when you're standing on the, top of the mountain you're looking at everything, you kind of realise how small you are. Yeah. In a, in a nice way. It's not yeah. like I'm so insignificant. Well, the insignificance
0: is a, a blessing Yeah. in a, in a way yeah. because you understand, well... And you would have understood when you see other people's problems, you understand, well, yes, I have problems. Yes, I've got yeah. shit going on. Everyone's got shit going on. Everyone's yeah. got, life is happening to everyone yeah. all at the same time. But yeah. it allows you to kind of escape yourself for a second. And, and yeah. I guess, yeah. you mentioned hiking. Like I love hiking because you get out there and it's just, you're just walking and you're looking at everything. Mm. And it's, you're not stuck in your own little little world. You're out in, I guess, the big big world. So yeah, that's it. And really, really important. What do you think are the main areas people struggle with in terms of happiness? Where do they get lost or get stuck when they're looking for being happy?
1: expectations is a big one, but I don't want to touch on that too much because everyone sort of knows that. Um, I think the biggest one is who you surround yourself with and people usually take that as your friendship group, but it's also what you're doing. Um, I, Funnily enough, because I'm largely involved in social media, I, I... just do not agree with social media in the current way it's used. Um, yep. It's extremely negative, and there's been studies done to link link higher links to you know narcissism, um, sociopaths. have a higher tendency of using social media regularly, which probably doesn't sound good for me, but um, <laughs> you know all these sorts of links to negative functions within the um, within your brain and your mind state to do with involving yourself in social media. And I think the issue is. It does tie back into expectations. Yeah. What you expect to get out of yeah, social media. Yeah, but you're yeah, yeah. looking at, you know, whoever it might be flashing their bum on the beach and it's a beautiful sunset and then you're sitting here in Melbourne or like me yesterday tied to a tree yeah. and it starts raining. You can see why, if you're looking at that and then you're looking at your situation, you'd see why you'd be like, Jesus, is a bit crap. But, you know, there's, there's always going to be someone having it better than you. That's just how life is and there's always going to be someone worse than you. Exactly. You're always going to be... So, you know... For me, I work off the premise of as long as you're alive and you're breathing, you're doing pretty well. And I think it's- as, a good start. If you're in Australia, especially the country we live in, you yeah. can't really complain. It doesn't mm. take much to go and look at kids that are literally eating rats for dinner and drinking contaminated water because that's all they've mm. got. Yep. So a little bit of perspective, but I'd say that one, expectations. Social media is so, just so big it's just so big and it's not going away that's the hard thing so So how
0: how can we get to a point where it becomes a a
1: positive aspect of our lives it's really hard because I've had issues with this so I've been invited to do lots of talks and I might burn a few bridges here (laughs) (laughs) lots of talks with self-help people and stuff like that and um, I found more often than not there's people in the self-help industry and there are a few people that aren't like this are more concerned with sharing their own story than they are with helping people so that's why I've stepped away from most of the projects for that reason there's been a few I've been involved with like the one with Cam which I just honestly I don't have time to do with my project I'm working yep. but this the talks and stuff like that it's just people want to share their story um, rather than help others which is a real issue and that's the problem there's so much ego and self-centeredness that's funneled into social media yep. so you sort of pick up on those habits it's like that quote sort of thing what is it you're, you're a collection of the five closest people to you yep. Um if you don't have that many close people and you're involved with, if social media is one of those five people, more <laughs> it, their, it basically is for everyone. Yeah, run, isn't exactly. It? Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm, just I'm, awful. I'm on my phone, like if you want to talk about the hours I put into the project every yeah. week, if you include the social media stuff I do with promoting and stuff like that, it would be upwards of 80. Yep. Um. That's just how I am. I'm on it for about, oh geez, half an hour, every two hours, for about four, yeah, 14 hours a day. So yeah. it's a heavy time investment, but, for me, I think just you got to be aware. Like it's it's awareness is a big one, yeah. especially with phones.
0: Like I know I'm on yeah. mine too much, and we're all on it too much. But yeah. and I justify it to myself, and I'm sure you do the same. Yeah. I'm sure everyone listening justifies. Hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Yeah. Like I use work as an excuse all the time. Yeah, oh, I need oh, to press yeah. this work. I need to do yeah. this work. I need to write back to this person. Yeah. But being aware of it allows you to go. No, I'm going to put it down. Or mm. you know, I love one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is I turn my phone. I put my yeah. phone on silent and turn the Wi-Fi off and. Turn the Wi-Fi off on my laptop, and there's no distractions. It's just us talking. Yeah, I'm aware of that lack of distraction the rest rest of the day. Yeah, and it's so important. And what what are the what are the things you tell yourself? to become aware, to get off the phone, to get off the computer. I suppose I don't it. really
1: tell myself because yeah. I'm really bad at telling myself to <laughs> do something and then yeah. it happens. I just yeah. I just need to just do it. Just do it. Um, yeah. So the biggest thing I do is 9:30 every night, phone's off unless I get something really important, but it's literally on the other side of the room before I go to bed for half an hour I yeah. read. Good. Doesn't matter if it's a newspaper, just anything, just disconnecting. Because I find if I'm on my phone all the time and then I go straight to bed, then it's my, again, my brain just going a million miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and just, I just don't think you can... I just think sleep is so undervalued in terms of mental health. Oh, of course. That's a big one. Um, like you, again, and I'm sure you've seen this. People go, I'm not in a good way recently. But you know you look at their diet, you look at how they exercise. Yeah. When you look at how they sleep and you're just like, well, it's no wonder your brain's just all over the joint because it's just it's yeah. in panic mode. Yeah, we use, we use a little really simple pyramid here, health, yeah. function, performance,
0: yeah. health, everything, nutrition, sleep, all of those things come into it. And if, mm. they're, if they're struggling with their function and performance, which is why people come into here, they don't tend to address the health part. Yeah. They don't address, address yeah. the really simple, I just need to eat better or I need to improve my hydration or I need to sleep and, and all those kind of things, which, yeah, it's, it's so simple and so it's almost too simple. Yeah. people want that complex answer people want no I'm a victim I've got this yeah. wrong with me I've got this yeah. going on and it's yeah
1: it's rife it's, it's everywhere I think I think that's a real issue indicative of all society everybody wants a complicated answer but sometimes it's simple as, and, I, and I I do involve myself heavily in the mental health sort of sphere but I don't really want to be I'd rather talk about the societal issues at a, at, in a large sort of way because yep. again especially on social media the mental health sphere is very uh, egotistical it's all people you know like I, I see girls talking about mental health and stuff like that and they're in a bikini. On the beach. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. like, well, I don't think that's going to be helping the 14-year-old who probably thinks she's a little bit overweight sort of thing, feel better about herself. Yep. It doesn't matter what your caption says. Yeah, I, I truly believe we're visual creatures. Like obviously, we can learn through writing, reading and writing and stuff like that, but I think yeah. a picture sticks with you a little bit longer than the yeah, words. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. In terms of what we're going doing full loop, what can people do to be more aware um, I think you just got to it's like anything you got to have systems in place so if you know it's, it's like the old trick you know you, you never go to the supermarket hungry <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. find yourself wondering. you always go lolly with the list aisle. yeah so you eat before you go to the supermarket and then when you walk past that packet of Oreos it's not as tempting anymore so yeah. you go what you meant to do. do Do go there and do what you're meant to do so I think the biggest thing is just um, you got to find your triggers and if you're really and this is why I practice mindfulness if you're really mindful about it you can notice it happening I think yeah. a lot of people are um sort of on autopilot in a sense. So they go through life and then they go, you know, someone talks to them the wrong way or even you just go through social media and we've all done it. Like we've of all done this. There's do someone it, yeah. we don't really like seeing our <laughs> feed, but we like sort of being negative towards them. So <laughs> <It runs good laughs> it. It yeah, I'm, i have literally know someone doing it now. And I'm just like, I just unfollowed them the other night. Cause I've been like two days and we're watching this shit and I'm just like, and I just get angry about it. I'm just like, why? why am I well, doing this yeah. to myself? Because, you know, you can scream and rant all you want about it, but unless you say something, nothing's going to change. So you sit there being basically the ultimate hypocrite, just going, they suck, blah, blah, all this <laughs> sort of stuff. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's a bit funny. So you're just going to be aware of that sort of stuff and just take it out of your life. Yep. You know, if you yep. unfriend someone on Facebook because you don't like them and they get all she, that's more of a reflection of them. Of course. So, like, I went through and did a clean-up of my Facebook and I've done it in the past, but, like, there's people I just don't talk to stoked to like made it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, exactly I've got friends that. from yeah. school and that was nearly like fucking 10 years ago now. Yeah. So 8 years ago yeah. now and I haven't talked to them since. You know, yeah. like there's really, if you wanted to get into contact with me, you could. Yeah. You know, I've got a LinkedIn, I've got all that sort of stuff. Um, I think if you haven't talked to someone after 8 years, I think this is another issue, especially, well, really just with um, younger people. We're super sensitive. Take everything super personally. Yeah, of course. Um, so when you know, hypothetical. we haven't talked in 10 years. I don't imagine you'd be super miffed about me unfriending you on Facebook.
0: Yeah. But people, people they take, would, take yeah. it
1: personally. Yeah. They're just like, well, why not? I'm like, well, you haven't interacted with my page at all. And not from an ego point of view. Yeah. At the same time, I haven't interacted with you at all for, you know, nearly a decade. There's yeah. probably no point in me having this thing. Like, all it does is just, you know, it's just there. But at the same time, is that us uh, placing too much value on Facebook? Possibly, yeah. From definitely. a personal point of view? um and ask putting too much investment into it yeah i mean
0: being if you catch up with that seat or run into that person on the street yeah. you're, gonna, you're probably going to say hi you probably gonna ask them how they're going and then you're probably going to move on with your life yeah but you unfriend them on facebook and there's all these negative feelings like it's yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of insane to a point oh
1: it's absolutely <laughs> i think it's, yeah. it's really funny though because again social media is going nowhere Cause it speaks to a very basic nature of the human being which is to communicate with people and be connected and like and you said
0: over connected and overstimulated
1: yeah exactly but like you said um, it's really nice to just sit down and talk with someone and that's what I get the most thing when I'm actually interviewing the people is a non-judgmental forum where we just exchange ideas because I'll usually talk to the people for about half an hour beforehand just to yeah. sort of suss them out and I can sort of read now and I'm getting better at it read where I don't want to go in case because I don't want to push anyone of course in a direction they don't want to go yeah. um so it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very ironic. You've never had more tools to connect with social media, but there's never been less connectivity on a genuine sense. Yeah. Like you can comment on people's photos and all that sort of stuff, but you know, if you really cared about how they're doing and all that sort of stuff, instead of saying, I miss you, you, just pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. Oh I mean, there's, there's calls in Facebook messenger now, so you really got no, <laughs> you've you've got, got no, you can't no Yeah. You've got no excuse. Like I love social media. I couldn't do what I do without it. Um, so it has its benefits, but yep. I'm also very aware that there's a very dark side to it.
0: And that awareness is where it comes in because yeah. it's not going anywhere. It's, it's, oh, absolutely it's, not. And the, like, We talk about mental health and again, no ex, like, I'm nowhere near an expert on the topic, but that, we see a lot of different people in here and we see how they interact with each other and with their phones and with social media. So we get a fair, I guess, idea or we're educated to a point on what effect it's having, yep. but it's not going anywhere and they're growing up with it now, Like kids are growing up with it now, and that's all they know. Like, even use the term, pick up the phone. Yeah. Like, you know, 100 years ago, people couldn't pick up the phone. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But we've managed to utilize that to a a mostly positive, I guess, experience. Do you think awareness is enough to help
1: us move forward and turn social media into a positive, positive thing? I don't think social media will ever be positive. To, uh, positive, yeah. yeah, I think I think that sounds really grim, and I understand that. But it's just, I'm just thinking about the demographics that use it. The most interactive demographic is the teenagers, and unfortunately, when you are going through this that phase of development, both physically and mentally, you crave validation, and that's what yep. social media can give you instantly. Yep. so that's the that's the trap you fall into that's why and I've done this personally I used to be into the bodybuilding sort of stuff and you know you're posting shots of you flexing in the mirror and stuff like that they're still on my Instagram Yeah. so you know and that was 110% you act like you're sort of you know looking for you know you're like oh look at my progress and you know look how yeah. hard I'm working but really you just want to pat on the back yeah. and that's what you're looking for so unfortunately when you've got that sort of um, insecurity again funneling into it it just doesn't it just doesn't. It's not conducive to a strong mental state. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot can be said for people that's kind of just shut up and do things. Like I can say, like I said to you before, I'm gonna hop in my van, and blah blah blah. But it's, yeah. it's 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 nothing until it happens. Exactly. And like you, you saying like I'm sure you said it to a couple of people before you actually opened here. Oh, I'm opening a gym. Yeah. And you know <laughs> that sounds really cool yeah. and exciting, but you know it's not anything. And obviously you've done it and you've been super successful, but it's not anything until it happens. It's so no. when you when you invest all your time and energy into a, especially something so volatile as social media, whereas you could be following a trend and doing really well. And then when that trend switches, literally overnight sometimes. Yeah, you're left in the um, water. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's really, it's really, it's really hard because there's, there is a dark side to human nature, which I don't think is the true, what people are really like. I think people are generally good but it's an interesting conversation yeah
0: (laughs) and I I agree I agree everyone most people want to most people want to do the right things for the right reasons and there's so many different factors that mean that they don't necessarily all the time or they go down the wrong path or make the wrong decision things Mm. like that but most people just want to be happy and and surround themselves with friends and people that they want to get something out of and they want to move forward and they want to progress and and yeah, and that's, I guess, something that we all strive for is we all want to have that group of friends. We all want to be happy and mm. things like that. Mm. How has this project, the Human Happiness Project, changed your perception of happiness?
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing is I fell into the trap of happiness was more or less constant across your life. Yeah. I, I thought that you're either a happy person or an unhappy person. I don't think that's true. I think you can be... Uh, genetically inclined to be a happy person or an unhappy person but I don't think that contributes to a large majority of your happiness because like I said before I'm not a happy person I wasn't a happy person Um, I like to think of myself as now but again I have more or less passively through the project I have tools to make me aware of when I'm not being happy and when I'm being a little bit ungrateful about things or, like, for example, I'd set goals to how many followers I want this week. I might want 300 followers, which there's been times in the past where I've had 600 followers in a week, and then I go, well, I'll go for 300, then I get 120, and then I get really shitty. Yep. So that I, and then I've got to, you know, sort of calm myself down and go, well, Ed, you, know, you already know that your page is bigger than 90% of the pages out there on Instagram, out of the yep. millions there are already. Um, I think sometimes I expect to be, like, the biggest page on Instagram yep. sort of thing, which I know is never going to happen. Perspective. But, you know, you sort of get caught up in that trap. So my perception of happiness, um, I think the biggest thing is the perspective of happiness and that you can't have happiness without sadness. It's a yin and yang sort of thing. And I think that's something a few people... I want. And again, it's the expectation through social media, especially with young people, that happiness is constant because yeah. it is a highlight reel of people's well, lives. exactly. You know, I'm not going to post a picture. You through it all the happy stuff. Yeah, you're, you're not going to see a photo stuff. of me just, you know, really shitty on a Tuesday morning because I have to go into work <laughs> and I haven't slept, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's taught me to really appreciate the good times but at the same time have an appreciation for the bad times. Yeah. to be able to look back like that really bad week for me and go that taught me a lot about myself about my own sort of resilience that I, that I do have that in me when I need it yeah. um, and that happiness in it, it, when it is present in your life is not going to be there the whole time you know, that's life and that's not something to be like oh shit I'm going to lose this It's just it means be grateful in the situation you're in, um, just really be thankful for the fact that you are having a good day Yep. But I realized at the same time, if you get up and go, oh shit, I've got to go to work. You know, I'm not, I don't want to go to work today. That's going to be indicative of a shit day. But if you wake up and go, you know, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a really good day today. And you yep. just say that to yourself. And it sounds really corny. And I actually got that from one of my interviews. Yeah. And I thought, oh, whatever. Yeah. And I actually tried it. In about a week, I started feeling really good. It, like it really, genuinely makes a difference. Yeah, re- yeah. And it sounds like really like, <laughs> like those self-help people just wake up with a smile sort of thing. And just like. Especially as like a young man. I'm just like, no, nah, I don't like that. That sounds a little bit shit. But I tried it and it just works. So 100%. positive self-talk is a big one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just for me, my my ideals around happiness have shifted a lot, but more towards appreciating when you are happy and then realizing if you are in a shit spot or having a shit day even, yeah. that there's something to learn from it. And of you course. can sort of, and it will help you build tools around progressing through shit spots a little bit quicker maybe or next time that same situation comes up you can stop yourself, stop it from becoming a shit spot you can just make it
0: a positive experience Yeah, and I think that it's important to understand and be mindful that like I said, there's happy times and there's sad Mm. times and there's indifferent times and being able to one, identify whether you're happy or whether you're sad or whether Mm. you're you're feeling indifferent and then being able to go well, when I am feeling sad these are the things that help and Mm. when I am feeling sad, these are the things I can learn from it when I when that indifference is there and you just like I just don't care. Yeah. Cool. Let's rest up, let's regenerate and then let's yeah, exactly. let's go again tomorrow, wake up with a smile on your face and I could not agree more like with the the way you tell yourself you feel, that's probably how you're going to feel. Yeah. Um you know, I've I used the example of like, I've slept in a couple of times and missed missed clients and or been late to a session or something like that and with being the owner of the gym and coming in to open up the gym that the buck stops with me there's no one else that can open up yeah. or there's no one else that's usually here to open up and things like that so if I come in and I'm shitty and I'm, I'm cracking the sads and I walk in then I'm probably going to have a, you know another 14 hours of work where I'm shitty but mm. if I come in and go yeah accidents happen I'll learn from it and make sure that I actually set my alarm tomorrow yeah. and come in with a smile on my face yeah. then automatically everyone, everyone who sees me when they come in go oh he's in a good mood he'll be
1: right. Yeah. and it's so important but it, it gets missed oh, really really Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, people in a weird way, I know it's so easy to do. You, you undervalue the bad times. I I have this motto that I sort of tell myself every single day when I feel like I'm being challenged and I sort of repeat it to myself every so often when I'm going through a hard spot. And I I truly believe this is that through our challenges, through our challenges that we grow most. Yep. you don't see lazy people and this can go simply as simple as something in the gym you know if you're hitting five by five at 80 percent you're going to grow <coughs> yeah if you're hitting five by five at 40 percent <laughs> you're going to be doing that yeah, for your whole life yeah, you know yeah. um obviously there's validity in form training and all that sort of stuff but from a basic premise if you're not pushing yourself you're not growing and you know that that again it comes down as simple as something as you know squeezing out a rep yeah um or just you know smacking on that smile, and not in a false sense. In a, I don't, I'm not saying you know I feel like breaking down crying. I'm just gonna smile through it. Yeah. There's validity in all emotions. I think there's it's yeah. a real disservice to say there's good and bad emotions because they're just emotions. Yeah. Um, and that speaks to me as I get, I guess, my sort of thing. We uh, society pushes us, uh, pushes away from our animalistic nature so far, which is easy to do when you look around. We're we're the only ones driving cars and all that sort of thing. But <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the day, uh, technology has evolved so much so quickly, but we haven't yeah. in terms of the actual time span. how much technology has changed compared to us. So you've got to realise, you know, in a absolutely stupid example where chimpanzees in a spaceship more like, or less <laughs> so like <laughs> or less. you know you can't you can't beat yourself up because you're having your shit day space on, yeah, a, on, exactly. a, on a spaceship without a roof I I exactly. just push those extremes yeah. right to the end but exactly. you know it's yeah you can't you can't be mad at yourself having a shit day because yeah, some people do they beat themselves up they go you know well you know Lockie's happy and it ruins the, the next day yeah Lockie's happy day. all the time or you know Lockie's really successful and you know my business isn't doing as well as that but like, like you can look for reasons to be shitty but at the same time you can look for reasons to be well, happy. most of those reasons being shitty comes
0: from that comparison exactly
1: yeah like your quote on the wall out there comparison, comparison is the biggest thief
0: of joy it is it is and yeah and it's one of those things that's really really simple but when you look within yourself and go, well, this is what I want to achieve, it's my action that is going to get me to the point where yeah. I can improve yeah. and I can adapt and things like that. Life doesn't happen for you. It happens because of you. Mm-hmm. Or it, hasn't, it doesn't happen to you. Sorry, it happens because of you. So when you start putting actions into place, things start changing. Yeah. And you spoke about, use the gym example, which is perfect because it's, it's all like stress is basically biology it's if Mm. our body's stressed it goes okay this sucks Mm. how do i adapt and how do i improve and how do i get better so if we if we put ourselves in negative situations then we're going to keep beating ourselves down beating ourselves down and eventually that stress will end up in getting sick or having possibly mental health issues or possibly you know being injured or something along those lines so it's really important to find those positives and you know allow it to grow and allow it to, to flourish
1: and there's there's, there's two sides to that sort of coin with the stress sort of thing. Like I interviewed, and I'm sure some of the people in your podcast would know, Mike Rasheed, the big bodybuilder. Um, and he had a great line that just said, stress isn't good or bad. It's 100% how you metabolize it. And you mm-hmm. shouldn't look at other people. So, you know, you can work 16-hour days. I personally don't think I could work 16-hour days, and I commend you for it. but." It's not about going like, oh, mate, I'm shit because Lockie can work sixteen-hour days and I can't. Yeah, you know, it's just going well. Obviously, you can metabolize that stress better. There's there's going to be yeah. situations where I perform better. Like, I'm not going to expect you to go into tree surfing <laughs> and be like the exactly. best thing ever. Exactly. Sort of thing. Obviously, I could I could do a bit better there. But yep. like, you know, it's all about yeah, metabolizing that stress. And again, we kind of keep coming back to this awareness. So if you go. I'm gonna keep comparing it to a physical because it's a little bit easier and I guess relatable to your the podcast listeners here. Um, you know, you go, oh mate, hamstring's really tight, and I sort of I mean, it's got a twang in it and I don't really like it, but I'm gonna go into the gym and do a full session anyway. You know, that's yep. obviously you're gonna more than likely gonna put your body under more stress than it can handle. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with your mental health when you link it back to that. So if you go like, I'm feeling really badly. Um, and then you keep on pushing yourself down that road. So it might be, I'm overwhelmed. You know, I'm just, I don't want to go out and see this person. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm, <coughs> even with things that you should do, like studying. Yeah. Or even working out. Sometimes you just don't want to work out. And yeah. there isn't an issue missing one workout. You know, usually you will feel better. Sometimes, sometimes you just you give just, yourself a rest. Yeah, you <laughs> just really need simple. to just sit there and just, you know, sit on the couch and watch TV. It's not, that doesn't mean you're an unproductive piece of shit, which most of us sort of talk ourselves, yeah. ourselves into thinking we are that you know, it's, it's about, it's about, um, geez, you slap this the Instagram quote. It's, it's about balance. You know, it's, yeah. you know, you can work out too much. You yeah, can, I think you can eat too healthy into yep. the point where you push it into a sort of eating disorder. Yep. You know, obviously it's not surprising to hear that you can eat too unhealthy, but you know, it's even, you just gotta, you just gotta know yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing yep. to do with happiness. A lot of people are walking around pretending to be someone they're not um. So, because we see what everyone else is doing, yeah. going, Hey, why can't I do that, or why can't I eat well, that, you know, or why that can't person's I? he's got ten thousand followers, and she does this, so yeah. I'm going to do that too. Then hopefully, I yeah. will get ten thousand followers. <laughs> and again, that out. external validation yeah. versus internal validation. But we see, like, we see everyone's
0: lives through a keyhole. Like, yeah. we see it's, exactly. like, it's like I can't remember where I heard it, but looking at someone else's life is like looking through a keyhole of a three-story, twenty-bedroom house. You yeah. don't know all the other things. You don't know all yeah. the other things that happen, and that's you know, we go back to social media again and awareness but you see a snapshot of their day or their week yeah. or their you know something that's filtered up and and yeah, exactly. completely different right. to maybe how that was and i was talking to reese one of my housemates last night and about an instagram page that's basically like the truth of instagram or something like that and it shows well this is what it looked like in point a and this one what it looked like when when this chick who was sitting down with six pack had stood up and twisted a little bit and it it looks completely different and it's it's that perception and that ability to understand and be aware and say well you know there's a good chance that that's a really good angle and they're really good filters and that's putting someone to look like that but when you bring it back and don't compare yourself to others again comparison is a thief of joy and you actually go well back to me how can i improve how can i feel better and and all those kind of things and yeah, like I said, that rest and that ability to identify the stress is massive. Mm. It's really, really important.
1: 100%.
0: 100%. With, and this is kind of, I was thinking about happiness, and you've asked me all of the questions that you, or a bunch of the questions that you ask mm. most people, and I've answered for, them. I'm going to throw another one your way at the yeah. end of this. Thing. All right, deal. Um, I kind of look at happiness in kind of two different ways. We can either chase happiness and find the things that we love doing, which ultimately should make us happy but if we can't find those things it usually comes down to there's barriers to happiness and there's there's someone or something or something that's stopping us from being happy how important do you think that is to identify which one makes an individual happy and at certain times as well because it's going to be different
1: Mm. um in terms of your individual happiness, it is imperative to know what, what your barriers are. Just like I was saying before, I know what triggers me. Um, yep. I, I know that when I'm at work... And it's, it's literally, and I know what it is. It's literally my blood sugar <laughs> dropping. I get so grumpy. My dad does it as well. Mum literally just, <laughs> if he's grumpy, she'll yep. throw him a banana and just say, come back in 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's literally why I've got my cashies here. I'm just yep. walking around munching on nuts or something like that. And yep. then, so I know when I get grumpy. So I know there's other things. But I also know that if I set really big goals, which sound really cool. Like you tell someone, you know, I'm going to have 10,000 followers at the end of the year or I'm gonna bench press 200 kilos at the end of the year. Yep. You know, it sounds really cool, but you might be sitting on a 120 kilo bench press and you're pretty much pushing it and you've only, you're on 110 last year. So you're probably, you know, a bit <laughs> yeah. out of your depth. Yeah. Um, so, and it sounds all cool to do that, but it's, you gotta be, you gotta be realistic. So in terms of in, the importance of knowing what your triggers are and what your barriers are I think it's imperative but that again comes down to what we were talking about before is in knowing yourself some people don't know them they just sort of bump into them and then go "Oh, what the fuck was that and then keep on bumping into it so yeah yeah I think I think it's imperative what's next where to from here you've I've got a new segment coming good the project itself it's called Behind the Mask I'm going to get a 3D printed mask covering two thirds of a person's face on one side they're going to Right, everything they're proud about themselves and the inside of that, which will be the second sort of photo, will be everything they hide from everyone else. That's cool. So the that's idea is, it's very simplistic, there won't be any text behind it or something like that. The idea is, is just being honest with yourself, it's honesty, because that's a thing that's come up quite a bit recently as I've sort of interviewed older people and that is something I think you learn from life experiences. Yeah. You know, you can fool everyone around you, you can fool, you know, people on your social media, all that sort of stuff, but... You know, at the end of the day, when you lie down in bed, whether it's with your partner or by yourself, you know the truth, you know, and you can keep living that lie as long as you want, but I think that's where real sort of mental health problems, I'm talking depression and suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. If you live a life long enough, there's either, either the truth is going to come to the surface eventually, which it always does, or you're going to come, you're going to come to the realization when you lie down at night that this this stuff that you're putting out there just isn't the way it is, which is sad but the way I think the way you get happy is three sort of things the personal development um, self-awareness in the sense of just knowing who you are and being okay with it so self-awareness and self-acceptance so that's sort of what I'm going for with the last thing so you know you just gotta you gotta know like I know that I'm a grumpy shit, like that's just how who I am, <laughs> and I can either go, well, that's how I am, and just continue being a dick to people yeah. sometimes, or I can work on it. Yeah, you know, and like well, where, I you, said, where you are now
0: doesn't mean that's where you have to be. Yeah, exactly. in six months or exactly. six weeks
1: or two years or ten years. Exactly, and like I was saying, for 23 years of my life, I wasn't a happy person. But if you ask people now, I think that's how I'm a happy person. I'm sure if there'd be a couple of customers at the maze that would probably disagree if I <laughs> a bad day, but you know, you can you can you can put it down to your your nature. But I think once you know that through and through, which again comes from life experience, um, you can change that. And again, with the barriers, you could be aware of those barriers and you could either avoid them. If you can't avoid them, work out ways around them. It's it's, it's not... I wouldn't say it's not hard doing the actual action, but I think the hard part is discovering what it is that does that to you. So, yeah. Having spoken to so many different
0: people, if if someone sits there and goes I don't know if I'm happy or I don't know if I'm unhappy what is the advice through all of your experience that you give them to, to kind of allow
1: them to I guess learn a little bit more about themselves and actually first of all if someone came up to me and said I don't know if, if I'm happy then I'd straight up just say well you're not yep. because um, I think it's such a basic human emotion that you'd know it if, yep. if, if you had it um, if they said I don't know if I'm unhappy and then again I'd say I think you <clears> probably are um, in terms of what they what i do to help them I'd, I'd honestly interview them but not put it out there In a, I wouldn't have my camera I wouldn't do my mind map i just give them questions it, it, I guess so like you just sort of probe them but in a gentle non-confrontational way you just want to I guess more or less be present with them because we do that so often like it's even like you and you ask someone how are you you know yeah, everyone's going to say I'm fine I'm <laughs> yeah. good but you know um you got to put them in a position where they're ready to open up for one. That's a big one. But you just got to you just got to listen to them. I Think. Um, it's such it's such a gift to be able to genuinely listen to someone, um, and there's so few people that do that. Um, I think you most of the people I've met through this project I've been extremely fortunate to meet that they are willing to listen and they're willing to talk. Um, but I think that's I'd say that's a rarity because you know everybody's just caught up in this busyness yeah. and I actually hate busyness I think it's a stupid term um, I've heard you say but I know you're genuinely busy but I think there's a lot of people that sort of wear busyness it's, as it's, a badge bu- of pride it's busy yeah, and, yeah. It, and,
0: and it's busyness because I need to be busy I need to yeah. be busy to be successful exactly. but you know there's busyness because you've got 10 hours of clients throughout the day and yeah. then a couple of hours of admin and things like that and I, I probably use it as a badge <laughs> of pride sometimes without yeah. really realising it I'm aware enough to understand that if I'm busy, then I don't have the freedom and I guess flexibility that I want as a as a business mm. owner, as a gym owner, as a as a coach. But <clears throat> I do enjoy being busy, but I think there's different connotations to that word that some people look at it as
1: well. I have to be busy to be mm. successful. Yeah. I think I think people sort of there's busy for busy busy for a purpose and there's busy for busy's sake. And if you're just busy for busy's sake, then I think you should probably look at What's going on in your life and sort of trim the fat.
0: Yeah, and understand why you why yeah. you're busy or what yeah. you're actually working towards. Or
1: yeah, and I think I think that's that's really important because again, if you're a person that's really busy all the time, um, sometimes if you're not doing if your things that are busy aren't something that fulfill you, you're gonna lie down in bed and then you just kind of go, well, "What was that for? What was the point?" Yeah, yeah, um, and that does catch up to you eventually. You can again, you can live that sort of not that it's a lie, but you can live that sort of fairy tale for a little bit. Yeah. but eventually it's going to catch, catch up to you because you know there's busy for the sake you can go well I've got now I've got like 80 hours of clients instead of 12 months ago I had 40 sort of thing that's yeah. that's tangible progress but if you go well you know I've been busy this whole time but I've been doing it for four years I'm going to pay rise from my boss yeah. You know I can't run any further. Blah blah. blah. I don't have any better relationships. I've you know.
0: accumulated a lot of shit, but I yeah. haven't actually gotten it done. Yeah, like yeah. if yeah.
1: you if you haven't developed as a person, then I don't think there's much point to your busyness or a, or a professional. And in, yeah, I guess in person, in when you say person, when I say person, it could be a professional, of emotional, um, just even closer connections with the people you've got. Um, I think again, it's just important to be doing things that are fulfilling to your life. Of course, you use the term life experience. Mm-hmm. What's
0: the the main difference you've I guess identified between younger and older populations having interviewed probably the whole spectrum
1: younger people have this real and I admire them for this the really young people I've interviewed have this real hunger to be something um, which is admirable but at the same time I think they tie that to being a good person and being successful obviously is you, you hear success and you already think about the dude in the suit or the the lady in the pencil skirt sort of thing and you know they're behind the bugatti but for me that's not about success that's not success for me I did want to be very wealthy when I grew up but yep. now I want to my general rule not rule but goal is to leave a positive influence on people's lives I think my one of my biggest things is and I don't do this every day but I try to leave everybody better than when I found them perfect you know um, I think there's it's it's just like the old the you see people volunteering they're always happy you know if you if you give something to someone you're gonna you're gonna found have a foundation of a really good relationship with someone a genuine relationship yeah. with just filled with authenticity which again is rare through social media it's all fake sort of shit yeah um so in terms of I think older people get that a lot more um so they sort of know that it's not the new car that makes you happy it's not the new house like it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs once you've got the house and the shelter and all that sort of thing and the food the uh I Increments of happiness are quite marginal after that. So, like, I think you can get sporadic happiness from getting a new car. It's all very cool. Like, you're yeah. probably pretty excited by <laughs> yeah, your very van. fresh, and all that. very fresh. But, but I'm sure yeah. after driving it around for a van, I mean, a week it, it's it, just, or a it's month, just it'll, another it'll, car. it'll just be your car. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being proud of because more so because you've earned that. But, you know, yeah. it's just as well as I do. If, <laughs> like, if KP was in the train tracks and it was your van, yeah. you know which one you're going to go for, yeah, sort of, course. of thing. So, of course. I think as much as I admire and really enjoy seeing young kids having a zest for life and wanting to do it I do worry that they're aiming it in the wrong direction as in like yep. being a millionaire will make me happy Yeah. when for me I'd be happy making $50,000 a year for men i got to live the life I want to live which yep. is at this point being a nomad and just, <laughs> just pissing off and it, just yeah. yeah you know standing on top of a mountain by myself and with my dog that's just all I want to do and, I think you know, obviously right. that can change. I might meet the girl in my dreams and she goes, well, I don't want to do that. Then you've got to make sacrifices. But there's yep. validity in that as well. So the main difference, young people are just super ambitious, again, but they might not have the right direction. Whereas old people, they just sort of get it. They get what life's about. And I think it's hard. And we've all been there. You know, mum and dad will tell you, you know, do this, do that. And you just go, oh, what the fuck do they know? Yeah. But then you come back when <laughs> you're a bit older you go, Thanks yeah, I that. think they were yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and they, they just get it that, you know, the things that make you happy is, is a good friend yeah, and having a glass of wine with them at night. You yeah. know, you had a rough day calling up your mum or your brother yeah. or your sister or your dad and you just go, look, I've had a shit one. And you just talk. It's the relationships that we're able to yeah. cultivate and grow. Yeah. And, and, and experiences and yeah. like hiking the mountain and, you know, like volunteering somewhere overseas, you know. Yeah. Just travelling in general. I think there's a reason why so many people do it and why so many, I know there's all this... Who are who are about you know millennials wanting to travel too much they can't say much yeah. to do a house because we know at the end of the day I think we know that the thing we're going to remember is not our first home but that trip to you know Brazil yeah where we were, went to Machu Picchu or something like that that's the stuff you're going to look back on when you're on your deathbed yeah and, and go i mean I guess lucky enough to buy a house and to do a, yeah. a fair bit yeah. of
0: travel and I've still got plenty of travel to go but yeah. House is just somewhere to sleep at night, but travel is like, I've got memories from the, yeah, exactly. the, the, the trips exactly. we've done, the hikes, the, all these kind of things that I'll never forget just because yeah. it's, it's different it's an experience. And like, even now I'm getting hair, like hair's standing <laughs> up in the back of my neck thinking about it and yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to booking my next kind of yeah. trip because I get to experience something that I haven't done. It was one of my last questions, but you've, you spoke about it a little bit then. So I'm going to ask you now, what
1: is success to you? Uh, like I said before it's just leaving a positive influence yeah. as many people as I can I think there's so much for me the biggest problem I see is people are so ready to tear someone down and yep. I think that comes out of a lack of self-reflection because if you really looked at yourself and gone you know I'm experiencing what that is um, and that maybe that's why I'm lashing out towards that person Yeah, which is why you always have, you can have big fights with your family because essentially they're the same person so you're really <laughs> fighting with yourself yep. Yep. Um, but I think for me, I, I just hate how much lack of respect there is for our, our common and our fellow human beings. It, it makes me sad that there's so much segmentation. I think there's been this extreme focus on individualism across society. Yep. Um, with And I'm not saying these aren't valid sort of... Uh, um, I don't know what you call them—social issue sort of thing. Yeah, like well, there the are, all re- are There been, are all reasons to like Islam and LGBTQI, all that sort of stuff. Like, I, I think those people should be able to be happy in their own skin. Nobody yeah. has a right to take that away from of someone. Of course. One of the big principles I work in is you have no right to impede on someone else's happiness. Yeah. But I think it's gotten to the point where we've fragmented these groups so much that rather than having a community across Australia now, it's it's different groups. Yep. You've got. 20 different groups all rocking around. Yeah. And the issue is there's an underlying narcissism where people feel more justified, you know, in what they say in terms of tearing someone down and they're more ready to tear someone down rather than sitting them down and expressing their sort of issues um, and, I guess, trials as a sort of minority in that sort of sense. Um, I don't think that happens enough. And again, yeah. that's it's, it's I feel like... It, it's manifesting this underlying lack of respect for common human beings yeah. because ultimately, you know, you can have a new car, you can have a big house, you can be the richest dude on the planet, but at the end of the day... If you're a dick, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, it doesn't make you better than me. Yeah, of course. It might mean you're a harder worker than me, but you might have no mates. You you know, you might have the most unhealthy relationships ever. And the reason right. why you're that is because you've only got your work. And I'm seeing people I care about fall into that trap, which does pain me. yeah um, But I just it's just for, for me the success thing is, is sort of changing that mentality maybe it's only a 100 people that I reach in my whole lifetime yeah, in, in an actual way that makes them change their way And but for me if, it, if it's one person then I'm happy yeah you made the world a better place exactly it doesn't have to be but if it is two people then yeah. they affect two people yeah and two people and then it's all a of a sudden effect, you know, right? yeah if yeah. it goes for that far but you know it's all about just positive influence and not in a sort of way that's self-righteous and self-justified I don't right. go around saying I've had people ask me if I'm you know what can I do to be happy and I'm like I don't know <laughs> that's, I'm still that's, figuring that's that your out answer. myself yeah exactly yeah I'm figuring that out myself so um, it's just you know you just got to be a good person
0: yeah and I think it's something that most most people would have learned from an early age most mm-hmm. parents would have said it over and over again but you just treat people the way you want to be treated and yeah it's, exactly it's a really exactly. simple one but it's probably too simple back Again, to the, yeah, it's no too simple. yeah, everyone wants a complicated you know, answer if I, if
1: I wrote a thesis on how to be happy yeah people would want read to read it. that yeah. <laughs> but just treat people like, like you want to be treated
0: uh, I think yeah. Greg the physio here he's got, a, he's got a little quote he said how do you change the world one person at a time and, yeah. then, and like you said that flow on effect yeah. from that person who might help someone else who might yeah. help someone else and right. then you know, next thing you know you've got a whole community of people helping so that's really really important we, it's something that I probably I wanted to touch on and we haven't touched on so, so far so let's just we'll do it maybe we'll try and be short and sharp but talking about things is obviously incredibly important and understanding and learning about yourself what by talking to other people is important why do guys have such a such a trouble explaining and, and talking and f- telling people how they feel and, and a lot of girls do too but guys
1: specifically um in my belief, I think a lot of the information around sort of how guys operate, or this new information, is kind of false. I think girls and guys process things in very different ways, yep. um, and I think this sort of shining onto men's mental health and trying to get them to talk isn't the way to do it. Um, not for a lot of guys, not for me personally. I don't want to sit down in a group and talk about my issues. Like I said, I'd rather yep. be in my own head and sort of mull it, it over that way through passive experiences. Um, I think guys just start to talk because there is still, I think we're at a very weird point in society where we've got these groups coming through, these mental health groups saying it's okay to talk, but, um, that's all really good, well and good when you're an organization. But if the, your, you know, two closest male influences, whoever they might be, your grandfather and your father aren't like that, they're quite stoic and they, you know, bite their lip and deal with it. Yep. Um, then I just think, you know, you know who you're going to listen to. I think men have this... There is the rah-rah behind it. I don't think there's That's anything wrong with that. That's sort of demonised now. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to point the fingers at anyone, anyone, but we we know where it's come from. There's been a, this feminist move, movement <laughs> sort of thing, which I actually... Um, I will consider myself a feminist. I don't see myself different. When, obviously, there's a physical difference, but I don't... Feminism's know. kind of been
0: taken over a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like gone a bit thing. far,
1: but that's not. that's not... Uncommon with all these sorts of progressive movements. Yep. Um. We've seen it happen. We're seeing it happen with like this sort Islamic right sort of thing. Um. L B G T Q I. they. They. They have the risk of going there. Is what I'm trying to say. They're not there yet. But I think that, that speaks to a larger issue to do with identity yep. in individuals. But I think men just. I just. I don't think they want to talk, and there's no. There's no point forcing someone to talk. Yeah. Um, I don't think that does anything. Of, you know, if anything, it aggravates them more. From my experience, and yep. again, I can only talk from my own. But of course, um, the biggest thing is is we be we are in this really weird paradigm of where we've got these groups saying it's okay to talk. You know, you've got to act this way now. It's not okay to be old school male. But we still got these older generations saying you've got to be strong. You've got to be stoic. You know, you've got yep. to just bite your lip and deal with it. And you should be chivalrous, and I think both parties have valid valid points. Um, like if you tell me opening the door for you is sexist, then you can get the <laughs> fuck away from me <laughs> yeah. because you know I do that for dudes as well. Yeah. It has nothing to do with because you're not what a dick. Your sex yeah. organs are. Yep. Um, but I think I think men are just being told two different things. So you've got a you've got old school society telling us be this way, be a man, rah rah rah, which is you know probably about I'd say probably fifty percent of the male population is like that. Yep. And then there's the soft sensitive side, which again has its validity because I like to think I'm fairly sensitive. Um, but you know, then you've got the men that are lost, which is probably about five percent of the population. Now the ones. There's two abs- two absolutes. There's yeah. always like. There's you, no You realm. look at a bell curve.
0: There's always going to be people. Yeah. Throughout the middle, and two absolutes at either end, and I guess all the issues that go on and all of the the big progressive movements. It's exactly the same yeah. thing. Everyone sits somewhere in the middle, and then there's the two ends that are fighting it out. Yeah. But understanding that well and you spoke about it before mindfulness knowing yourself being aware you probably you could probably say well i fit into i'm more this end or i'm more this yeah. end or i'm somewhere in the middle and i'm well aware this is audio and no one can see me move my hands around but it's once you can identify where you are yeah it probably yeah. allows you to go well i don't need to talk to people like you said yeah. like and i i was thinking about it today do i like talking about my problems and i like talking about what's going on but Probably similar
1: to you, I'm feeling mindful of what's going on, and I can deal with a lot of the stuff in my yeah, head. I think I think men are much more likely to internally metabolize sort of things, whereas yeah. women are much more. I'm going to air it out with my friends, sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying either way is wrong, but I just think everyone's got their own. I think there's life. dangers in pushing men towards this whole you've got to talk about it because there's. I I literally interviewed someone on my podcast, and I would strongly recommend anybody who's listening to this that might be dealing with a shit time. His name was Ryan. To go and look at go and look at that. He was. Fantastic, and he just said, I don't want to talk about things. Yeah, but he spoke to the truth of that is you know, I don't identify with the old male sort of way of being a dick because he's a sensitive person, but he also doesn't want to be, I'm going to go talk about it, you know. Yeah, so it's, I think, just men in general, because of the shift that feminism has brought it brought out, we're in a very weird place where we don't quite fit into different sort of segments, I guess, of society, so we're a little bit confused. Well, for the people that are already confused, they're a little bit well,
0: the, confused. Well, the, the segments is almost a problem within itself because yeah. it's, it goes, well, you're either here or here. Yeah. You can't be a little bit of both. That's it. And you that's can't, it. well, you have to have one opinion on this. You can't have a few and different I think opinions. think that's an yeah. issue.
1: That's an issue. Like you can see in the political sphere, it's probably the biggest one. You know, there's just these, you know, <laughs> Labor and Liberal, they're gone yeah. so far away from each other that yeah. they're basically the same thing. They've done a yeah. full circle. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, I think, again, that's a societal issue where you, you have to have an opinion now and it's you know a lack of respect for those opinions so when these young men are sitting there thinking we've got these two sides I don't identify with either but I kind of need to pick one I think that just spawns more confusion for someone who's already confused about who they are you know what their role is and there's, a, there's a obvious awkwardness about how they develop um, and even if you just look at the cycle or the actual physical structure of the brain we know the frontal lobe doesn't stop developing which is your person, basically your personality yeah until um, you're about 23 to 25 as a male um, so you're just forcing all the decisions down their throat and they don't even know who they are yet so um, I think that's it I think we're just confused Yeah. We just don't know what's going on it's a, it's a shift we have to deal with and it's something that's part of life but again if you're struggling with that and listening to this just find out who you are you know, you know what works for you if you really think, sit down and think about it I just yeah. don't think we sit down and think about it enough
0: good, excellent answer
1: now, we could go on probably forever,
0: but I'm going to yep. finish this up with a couple of quick questions. Yeah, we can go short and sharp or take it where you want it. If you could give teenage you one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh,
1: fuck. <laughs> do what you have to do when you have to do it. Good. Yeah. What's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? Uh, probably about a year ago, I bought a ha- homeless man lunch in Portugal. Nice. Um, I saw him shifting through a bin. And I just thought that's that's pretty disgusting. Like not disgusting that he was doing that, but I was like, it's pretty disgusting that he has to live like that, so I yeah. just took him out and got a stake. Awesome. Possibly and that's something I think again it's an ego thing. But I don't tell any people about that. Yeah. Um it's just, you know, it feels good <clears throat> to help someone. Yeah.
0: And there's nothing wrong with getting your feel your good feelings from helping yeah, someone. Exactly, then, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think people kind of look down on that. Oh, he did that for this reason. Well, that's okay. But yeah. the
1: homeless guy still got his stake. So. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that was probably, yeah, that one. And I'm proud of that moment for myself because I'd never done something like that.
0: Yeah. Good. If you could give every human on earth one personality trait, what would it be? Kindness.
1: Kindness. No, compassion. <laughs> Go bigger than that. Compassion. Yeah. I think there's a severe lack of that. Good. A few favorites. You can be short and sharp. Favorite quote. Uh, be aggressive in your pursuit of that which sets your soul on fire. Oh, good. Favourite movie? Oh, I have to say Gladiator. Ripper. Favourite artist? Recording artist? Um, oh, that's, that's a chance from week to week. I'd have to say Ludovici Einaudi. I'm a bit of a classical man at times. Outstanding. Favourite resource for new information, different information? Just books. Yeah. Always books. I'm going on screen too much. What was the last book. book you read, Start to Finish?
0: And what was the main teaching point you learnt from
1: it? It's called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. It's all about mankind's need for heroism within himself and why we place uh, our, our sense of mortality in other people's hands. And it talks about how we idolise our lovers, which is ultimately why a lot of relationships break down. Yep. Um, why religion exists. And the underlying fear of death that's natural in all animals and how we rage against it. Where do we go when we die? Huh? Where do we go? I'm not religious, (laughs) but I don't like the idea. I I think there's an interconnectivity with the universe. I don't believe in chakras or any of that sort of stuff, but maybe I'm just not ready to accept the fact that I'm going to be in a box and eaten by worms, but... That in I itself think, is giving back to the universe. Exactly. I think. The, I think energy. Well, we know from physics, energy is a constant. I don't think you just sit there and that's it. But I don't. I don't believe in some dude in the sky controlling my fate. I don't like the idea of that. I'm the master of my own universe. I think everyone is, but um, I think we we enter back into the universe whichever way you want to you think about that. But if you look at where we came from, we we're literally made of stardust. That's probably one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. You know. We we're, we're children of the children of the stars in the literal sense. So,
0: I love that. Yeah. I would probably would have given a very similar similar answer. Good. Yeah. How can people uh, look at the project, see what's going on with the project? How can people get in touch with you? Give us some some.
1: Um, it's all on the website, which is t h h or just go to the um, Instagram, which is at the full stop human full stop happiness full stop project. Um, Good. And, yeah.
0: I'll uh, I'll post all the links and everything from this, but thank you very much. Thank you. You said you had one question for me.
1: Yes. Uh, Right, this is my new question for everyone. (coughs) What is a life
0: well lived to you? What is a life well lived? Making people better every day and enjoying the process. Good. Short and sharp. Thank you very much. Thank you.